afternoon, church. We do have a special treat for us today. We have a couple of the friends and family from our membership that's going to respond from the Treasure Principle series that we just went through. And the thing about it is that it's going to be random. I'm just going to pick someone from the crowd. No, I'm just playing. No, we, we had somebody already uh, we talked to as far as the daddy. I was like, oh, man, let me get my notes out, brother. But we're going to have an opportunity to hear from two individuals, which uh, I will introduce them in a little bit. But I want to, just in case this is your first time visiting, I want to go over the six principles that we went over, six keys that we went over with the treasure principle. And I, I've definitely been enjoying it. I've been enjoying learning how to be a better steward of what God has given me, starting with life, uh, my wife, my children, financially, my brothers and sisters here, and just everything that we have. But I want to throw up here on the, uh, the slides here the six different keys that we talked about. Six keys of helping us to live out Matthew chapter 6 and storing up our treasure in heaven as opposed to storing up our treasure here on earth. So key number one, God owns everything and I am his money manager. This is definitely the one that stuck out to me personally is how much God has entrusted in me. You think about the life that you have. You think about the ability to drive around. You think about the ability to even travel, right? We got the McLeans. They just had the opportunity to go to Spain uh, a couple weeks ago, or actually just a week ago now, huh? As far as within that, that's, that's a privilege. We have so many different privileges in life, right? So many different things. It's now, how are we going to use them for the glory of God? So key number one, God owns everything. Kids, how much does God own? Everything. Adults, how much do God own? Everything. We got it all. Not just some of it, not just 80%, not just what's left over after taxes, amen? Number two, my heart always goes where, God, where I put God's money. How true is that? How true is that? And you may be asking, I don't have any money, so what does that mean for me? We're like, hey, we all have something right? Be it money or possessions. But it's so true that where our money is, our heart is right behind it. If our money is in gadgets and technology, if I were to drop my $800 iPhone, you'd be able to see it on my face, right? (laughs) Because I had a little heart in that iPhone. But how we want to transfer our heart to God and what he's, his kingdom, his treasures, as opposed to these things that can be dropped in a toilet, like a phone, right? Uh, I thought that was a laugh. Never mind. All right. Key number three, heaven, not earth, is my home. And number four, which goes right close with it, I should live not for the dot, but for the line. Where's the dot at? It's here on earth. The line is eternity. And how am I building? Am I building in a way where I can put my treasures in heaven as opposed to here on earth. And then the last two we talked about last week, giving is the only antidote to materialism. Giving, if I'm material, you know, you think about garage sales, 
What do we normally give up in garage sales? Stuff we don't want. So garage sales, that's not the antidote for materialism, right? That's the antidote to, to reduce clutter in your life. But giving, things that you still use and can let go with it, that's the antidote. Letting someone borrow your car. Letting someone come over and sleep in your home while you're away. Letting someone use some shoes that still don't have holes in them, right? That's when we can overcome materialism. When we're giving things that are still useful, not only to someone else, but even to us. And then the last key we talked about last week, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but what? To raise my standard of giving. What does that mean? It means giving. You got to give in order to live this out. That when God gives you something, be it money, be it possessions, be it fruits of the Spirit, it's not just so that we can hoard it all together, but to give it out, to be able to let others be able to do so. That's why I love about um, my kids, we watch uh, Sing the other day. Any of y'all seen the movie Sing? Love the movie, love the music. I mean, it was just awesome. But do y'all remember the elephant in the movie? Uh, the, the girl, that I think she was a teenage girl that I couldn't really tell. I'm not up on elephant uh, talk as far as that. But do y'all remember, she was shy, and she didn't really, really want to belt out and let the talents that God has given her to be shown by the world. But only during birthday time, singing happy birthday, she would belt it out then, singing happy birthday. But then what happens at the end of the movie? She finally let it go. They started that talent show and all that rubble, and she sung, and she really gave her heart. You know, you think about our lives. God has given us so much. Now we have the opportunity to be able to give it back to him and give it back to others. Amen? And the word that I want to focus on for today is respond. How will we respond to these six keys? How will we respond to the scripture? How will we respond to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19? I want to read to you guys. This was the the key scripture for the treasure principle, and I have it here on the screen as well. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, I'll read it to you. It says, do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. The question is, how are we going to respond to this? And I want to kick out our response, kick off our response, by having Dante and having Caitlin share. If I can have them come up to to the stage. So we have two great individuals uh, one from our singles ministry, Caitlin, La- Caitlin Lackey. So close. And then uh, Dante Encinas, who has a little baby over here, which if I can have one of the teens help out, watch uh, little Gio right quick. Uh, he likes to jump out, of his, jump out and run down the aisle, so make sure he don't do that. But we're going to have them give an opportunity to talk about what was the treasure principle key that most spoke to them. 
and give them an opportunity to help us as, even as we continue to digest what, what we've heard. But you're like, okay, maybe I don't have a practical that I can take with me yet. Maybe I don't have something that I can implement. But hopefully here, here in between these two, we'll be able to do so. So without any further delay, let's give it up for our sister. Amen? Come on. So I'm Caitlin, again. Uh, anytime we bring up like budgets and money and giving, my, my heart kind of does this clinchy thing and my fist gets a little tighter around my wallet, my debit card, my credit card, my checkbook. I'm just like, please stop talking about money. I don't have, I don't have any money. Like I'm, I'm still working my way through school. I don't have a real job. Um, so talking about money, I just immediately like freeze up and I don't, I want to just look the other way. I want to not listen. I want to just shut it down. Um, and I can't do that. And this is a lesson I think God has been trying to, like, give me my whole life. Um, and so I'm talking about the first principle today, about how God owns everything and I'm his money manager. Um, and like I said, God has been trying to, like, teach me about this day one. Uh, when I was a kid, my sister and I would get into fights over, like, this is mine. No, that's mine. And it would just be this endless cycle of us shouting mine and eventually one of my parents would break in and say none of this is yours mommy and daddy bought this it's all ours I can take it back if I want to um and God kind of does the same thing um and so that was a lesson that you'd think the, that first time as a kid I would have understood nothing really belongs to me it always is going to belong to somebody else um but here I am you know 23 years old I still haven't quite understood and now the stakes are higher um, now I have a job, I have money, I have bills, I have things to do. Um, and it's so easy for me to slip back into that mentality of, no, that's mine. Don't touch it. It's mine. Um, and I just want to, like I said, close my fists and hold on to it and um, not give it away. And so um, it's hard for me to want to actually talk about it. And so when I have to, when I have to talk about it, when I have to think about it, um, I always go back to the parable of the three men who were all given different amounts. One of them was given like 10, one was given five, and then one was given one. And I count myself in that like one category um, at the moment. Um, but the other people, they went, they invested what they have. It wasn't a lot still. I mean, it was only five, whatever. I don't know how much it was. But they invested it. They took it. They made it glorify God no matter what the amount was. They used it and glorified God with it. They didn't hold on to it and say, oh, no. What if I lose it all? Um, they didn't, they didn't, they considered the possibility of a reward better than the risk. They didn't think about the risk as too high. Um, and so that other guy who just went and buried the treasure and waited for his master to come back, he didn't risk anything. And so he stayed safe. But when he, his master came back, um, he was not pleased. He wasn't glorified. Um, and so I don't want to be that man. I don't want to be that person who is holding on so tightly to the very little that she has that she doesn't use what she does have to glorify God. And so I've had to, like, take a look at my budget. Um, I mean, I do have a budget. Amen. I try, to, <laughs> I try to stick to it. I know a lot of people my age just swipe, swipe, swipe. And um, I just, I don't, I don't do that. But when I do swipe, like, where is my money going? I was looking over my bank statement. And, of course, I have... You know, my weekly, I have my contribution taken out automatically every Sunday around this time. 
I've got that down. But the rest of my week, like, where is my money going? Um, I'm staying within my budget, amen, but what does my budget say? Like, most of my money seems to be going towards me. It's not being used to help the kingdom. It's not being helped to, used to further the kingdom. It's not being used to help people or give. Um, and so that's kind of been my biggest takeaway is that I just want to, I want to open my fists back up. Um, and just, I can rearrange things. I don't, I'm not going to lose so much if I open my fist and give a little more. And so I want to try that. Amen. Thanks. Um, my name is Dante, and uh, I'm not 23. Um, I'm actually 46. Uh, it's 23 plus 23. So. Uh, back when I was 23, I wasn't uh, too wise or smart. Well, I considered myself intelligent, but God quickly humbled that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did get baptized in, uh, when I was 19, actually, in the church in Champion Church of Christ in Illinois, the University of Illinois. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a strange time for me. My mom had told me, hey, you know, don't go visit other churches. And so when I got baptized, I kind of wanted to keep it hidden from her. But, um, you know, eventually she found out. Um, eventually she found out I started giving, too, that I started giving to the church. Uh, but I'll get into that here. Let's, let's get into what I'm going to say, right? Or what God's going to say better, better than that. Thank you, man. All right. So um, this is good. The treasure principle, you know, it talks about um, where are you going to stick your treasure and kind of like Caitlin, ever, you know, I may not be 23, and, and I don't think the money thing started for me. Like, God didn't, you know, he did get my attention when I was 19, shortly after I got baptized. Um, but uh, I, I had no idea that I liked money, that I actually, I may have even loved money. I, I didn't know. Um, and, and like Caitlin, it was really hard for me to, to give anything. But money was the one thing that I could understand uh, as far as relationships and people and God, it's like uh, money was something easy and very tangible to understand. It wasn't something in an engineering book. Um, and so um, to me, uh, let me start with the two things that God taught me, and uh, he keeps on reminding me to this day. Uh, one of them is uh, that uh, treasures in this life, treasures in this life, they're going to lose value. They're going to devaluate. Either you'll die and you'll, that you won't take them with you, which is another one of the principles, or you'll stick around and they'll die or they'll decompose. Your, your bike will break. Your car will be crashed. It'll rust or whatever, you know. That's, it's just your treasures. Whatever it is that you, wanna, that you hang on to that is useful to you today, right now, it's going to lose value. It's going to depreciate. Houses appreciate in value, supposedly, but you always got to maintain them. The air conditioning goes down. There's 6000 bucks right there. Uh, so, so your treasures... Uh, here on earth will lose value. That's something that God absolutely, he states in the Matthew six nineteen through 21. He states, uh, or yeah, he states that, you know, they're going to lose value, moth or rust. And if not, somebody can steal it, you know. So treasures here are not really good treasures, not really good investment, you could say. The other thing was that he taught me and he keeps on reminding me is that the Lord will provide. He wants us to uh, imitate him. Somewhere else he says he wants us to imitate him. He's a giver. He's a cheerful giver. He's a hilarious giver. He gives when it doesn't make sense. And um, he wants us to imitate him, right? And so money was the one way that I think he said, okay, well, Dante will understand this, you know, um, how to learn how to give. And so 
um, he wants us to trust him that, you know, to give and to trust in him that he will supply what we need. So uh, with those two things, what helped me to respond to him? What helped me trust him in the first place? Well, as a, as a 19 or 20-year-old or 22-year-old, whatever, it was 23, I can't remember. I, I was like, you know, when I got baptized, I was like, okay, the church is going to ask for money. It's going to ask for it regularly. Like, I'm okay with that. My parents used to give in the, in the old church, in the Catholic church, they used to give, um, you know, some cash. I would see them put it in the plate, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I could do that too. That's not a big deal. Uh, but then soon thereafter, I was starting to think, hey, the church is asking for special missions. It's like, what is this? You know, they're going to do this every year. They're asking for more money. And no, I didn't have a big job. I didn't even think about, you know, whether I was rich or poor. I was just thinking, hey, they're going to ask me for more of my money. And um, but so I had to stop and think. I had to as a as a young 20 year old uh, campus student or single. I can't. It was campus still. Uh, I had to ask myself. I had to uh, try to get my own conclusions, my own convictions, what I was going to do with the money that God gave me, uh, the money that was in my possession. And uh, so here I have six things. I'm going to try to go through them quickly. And uh, this is what helped me to trust. You know, I was like, I had to ask myself, you know, is this man or is this men who are asking me for more money or is it God that's asking me for more money? You know, and the other thing was, uh, yeah, what I was going to do with the money that I did have. So um, there's, I'm going to rattle off some scriptures. And I don't, oh, they are, they are up there. Okay, so, um, so those first three scriptures up there, uh, they all talk about how the Pharisees, how they gave 10% of whatever they had, all right? Or their 10% of, yeah, whatever income. Two of them talk about their food. One of them talks about, I give 10% of everything I have, says one of the Pharisees. Um, the Pharisees considered themselves righteous because they did that. It's like, when I'm giving God what he commanded in Malachi, uh, Malachi 3, um, where is that? Malachi 3, 6 through 12. Um, he commanded, he actually confronted the whole nation of Israel and said, hey, you guys need to be doing this because you're robbing me. So they considered themselves righteous because they were obeying that command. They were giving 10% of, of their everything, okay? Um, the Hebrew 7 talks about how Abraham himself, the father of the Jewish nation, uh, and, and somebody that God called a friend, how he gave a 10% to Jesus. Even before the law came about, even before Moses was around and gave the law, before there was Aaron, the Levitical priesthood, he gave 10% to, to Jesus when he met him. 10% of the plunder. It's like, here you go, Jesus. And, and that's in Hebrew 7. You can definitely see more of that in there. Um, so Abraham did it. Uh, the father of the Jews, and the father of our faith, right? Father Abraham. And we also sing that song, you know, I am a friend of God, whatever that, how does it go? I am a friend of God, right? Well, if you can give the, do you give your 10%? I mean, Abraham gave his 10%, right? So, I mean, that's just a very small thing in God's eyes, but he did it. Um, so Luke 9, 1 through 10 says that, oh yeah, I remember when I was looking for stuff, uh, I, I remember reading that the faithful Jews, they would give uh, 33 to 50% of their income or what they had, their possessions, because they not only gave their tithe, their 10%, but they had all these other offerings that they gave. So the faithful ones, the ones that really, really loved God, they would give all these other things as well. You know, so that blew my mind. Um, Mark 12, in Mark 12, Jesus told his disciples that a poor widow was more generous when she offered a few cents than the many wealthy who offered large amounts because what she gave was 100% of what she had to live on. 
Notice that both uh, the widow and Jesus um, looked at it as looked at this act as something being given to God, even though the Pharisees were collecting the money. I've even read that this act may have been uh, an encouragement to Jesus that helped him prepare to submit to the Pharisees and to give 100% of his life away when he faced the cross. So that, that, that widow may have encouraged him to go all the way. You know, submit to God, submit to the Pharisees who were mocking him and were head, head honchos and trying to get him crucified. Uh, Matthew 5, 17 through 20, Jesus again gives importance to even the least of God's commands. He's like, okay, it may not be the most important thing, but you still cannot ignore it. And he tells, he tells his hearers, he says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So with that, that's kind of scary to me because like, wow, the Pharisees gave 10%, you know, but God, God said, yeah, you should, have done, you should have done the more important things without ignoring what you're already doing. So to me, I said, well, okay, I may not have a lot. I may not have a job, but I do have stuff. Uh, this was back in my campus, campus days. And so I said, you know what? 10% is, not, is nothing. Special, you know, special missions, you know what? That, as, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be a Pharisee. The goal was not to be a better Pharisee than the Pharisees. The goal was to be a, my, for my righteousness to surpass theirs, as Jesus wants it to be. So in order, in other words, to do the bare minimum was my goal. <laughs> so, um, all right, so let me go here. Let me practice. All right, so, so all this, uh, through all this stuff and, and trusting God with that, like, that's enough for me to trust and give. And as a result, my heart lasted, or, or my heart tasted that the Lord is good. He indeed is the Lord who provides that if you seek his kingdom first and his righteousness first, all these things will be given to you as well. Um, but how, how can I be, could I be doing more? How am I going to respond today as a 46-year-old? Of course I can do more. I want to make sure that I am storing up in treasure in heaven. In uh, Luke twenty two thirty three, this will require me to look into ways that I can be less like the Pharisees and more like Zacchaeus and the faithful widow. And I and look into practicing what God considers more important without neglecting what he already asks as the bare minimum, right? So um, that's what I did uh, to gain deep convictions uh, for myself as a young man. Now I have to go deeper as a 46-year-old. Uh, what will you do to deepen your convictions or gain the ones you need? for Caitlin and Dante for sharing, amen? And thank you for Jasmine and Robin for watching Dante's chat. I just wanted to thank him as far as that. But I wanted to give an opportunity to hear what response looks like. And you guys probably had your own response. I know the first thing when we started Treasure Principle that I had to do, especially as a married man, I had to sit down with Judy and talk about dollars. Talk about where we're trying to go. What are the things we want to save up for? You know, be it for special missions, be it for our car, uh, be it for different things in the house that's breaking down. These are real things, right? You know, when your house got drips coming out of the ceiling, that's real. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ron. Ron gives all the time, too. He just gave me advice to turn on my mic. <laughs> Great guy. But for all the married folks that's in the house, 
You know, have you talked to your spouse about what you want to do when it comes to what God has given you? We're not, we're not just talking about dollars here. Think about your time. I appreciate Joseph and uh, Ruth, Kinagomba. One of the things they wanted to do is be able to give their time in, when it comes to hospitality. They wanted to be able to invite people over to their home. They wanted to cook for people. They wanted to laugh together. That's a way that we can give back to God. What is God telling you in your household? What is God is telling you as a team how you could give, how you could serve, how you can give back to what God has given you? What is God telling you as a five-year-old little boy? You know, Nicholas, he had his two doms today. He, he gave a little bit more than a poor widow. Thank you, son, uh, for that. He, he didn't know it was coming as far as within that. But when it comes to what is God saying to you? Because what separates disciples of Jesus from non-disciples of Jesus? It's a response. It's a response to what he's done for us. It's a response what he continues to do in our lives, be if we think it's a lot or we think it's a little. He's given us life. And even when we come about this treasure principle, it all comes to what, how are we going to respond? What am I going to put into practice? What am I going to do when it comes to a budget? What am I going to do when it comes to my time? What am I going to do when it comes to my calendar? What do I want to do when it comes to giving as God has given to me? I want you to turn to John chapter 15 with me real quickly. Jesus, shortly before he died, he had a time, a, a sobering time with his disciples. He had washed their feet. He had told them that the time was near for him to die a gruesome death. And then he has this discourse in talking about him being the vine, them being the branches. But the thing I want to zero in on is right here in verse 12, verse 12 and 13. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He said, it's no greater love than to lay down our life for our friends. It's no greater love than to sacrifice. It's no greater love than to let people know that you care, that you love, that you want them to be in your life and you want to be in their life. Jesus, he set, set the standard when it comes to storing his treasure in heaven. Because out, out of all the different things that are in this room right now, you know the only piece that's going to be in heaven, that has the potential to be in heaven, is our soul. We're not keeping these chairs, amen, for that. We're not keeping this nice, shiny equipment, the projectors. We're not keeping even the coffee maker, right? The only thing that's going to make it to heaven is our soul and our spirit. That's it. That's what we can send ahead of us is our soul and spirit, and the soul and spirit of the different people we come in contact with. And Jesus set the standards like, okay, this is how you can convince. This is how you can love. This is how you can show people is laying down your life for others. And just for this last part, 
As I think about that concept of laying down your life, we got carpet over here, so I'm going to lay down over here. I want to lay down on the part. Jesus says, in order to really show what friendship is like, the love that we have, is that we must lay down for one another. Not sit down like what I'm doing, so I'm going to keep going. Laying down. He said in John chapter 12 that if a kernel doesn't die, that it does not produce fruit. You think about where you are right now. As I'm looking up, one day I'm going to see Jesus coming down, descending on us. And he's not going to ask us, hey, how much did you give for contribution? He's not going to give you, okay, did you do the automatic check-in or did you write a check or did you give cash? He's going to ask, did you give everything? Did you do like my son Jesus did? And give everything to a God who has given us more than even that we're worth. And as we lay down, as we get an opportunity here, we're about to take the bread, we're about to take the juice. Taking the heart that God has given us the ability to lay down our life for other people. Sometimes it'll be a check, sometimes it'll be helping them with their rent, helping them with their food. Sometimes it's going to be opening up the word just to show them the truth because they had never known it. And sometimes it's just going to be us bearing with one another and forgiving one another. But as we take the bread, as we take the juice, as I lie down here and go to my God in prayer for us, I pray that we all have the, a response to the treasure principle that we all have a response to building and storing up in heaven and not letting earth and its treasure supersede heaven. As we get ready to take the bread and the fruit of the vine, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come here, as I come here humbled before you, there's no way that I think I can be above anybody when I'm laying down. It's the ultimate state of humility. And I pray as we take the bread, as we take the juice, Lord, we can be humble before you, that we can be humble before our brothers and sisters today, that we can be humble because then you can lift us up. As we've taken this journey through the six keys of the treasure principle. I pray that each and every one of us take something from it. That all of us can see that you have given us much more than even that we're worth, God. But you've also given us a task to be great money managers and resource managers. I pray more than anything that we are great managers of the spirit and the soul that you've given us. That it would not be a spirit that's filled with bitterness, That is not a spirit that's filled with greed. It's not a spirit that's filled with not trying to give all back to you. But instead, we're generous. That we're filled with joy. And that we have a heart that we truly do want to give out of what you have given us. I thank you for giving us the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus. And giving us an opportunity to connect, not only daily, 
but also during this time as we take the bread and the fruit of the vine. We love you. We thank you again. And in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, amen, church. Let's give a, one more big round of applause to Clint and for Caitlin and for Dante as well.
Thank you for sharing your heart with us this, uh, this afternoon. Uh, we'll have one more song before we close out our service. I'll ask the song leaders to come on stage. I have a few, uh, few more uh, uh, announcements I'm going to highlight right now. Uh, this upcoming Wednesday is Women's Midweek. Uh, it'll be here at the building, 7.30 p.m. Uh, it's for the women for the 12 o'clock uh, service for the Dallas County Services. Uh, this Saturday, we are going to have uh, a, uh, a Reaching the Hindu Community uh, being uh, uh, taught uh, part of the Digging Deeper series uh, by a man named Dinesh George, uh, who is coming all the way from Bangalore, India. I might have mispronounced that, but it's from, from India. Uh, and so he definitely has a lot of uh, 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 experience he can speak on being from that part of the world. Uh, then Sunday, uh, our regional service at 2 p.m. in Fairview. We're not going to be here at 12. We're not going to be here at 9. We're all going to be at the Fairview Center at 2 p.m. for our regional service. So let's stand and we'll sing one more song. And Dinesh George is going to be speaking there as well. <clears throat> we'll sing Show Me the Way. The blind man sat by the road and he cried. The blind man sat by the road and he cried. The blind man sat by the road and he cried. He cried, oh, oh, oh show me the way. Show me the way. Show me the way. she cried the woman sat by the well and she cried the woman sat by the well and she cried she cried oh show me the way show me the way show me the way Jesus hung on the cross and he died. My Jesus hung on the cross and he died. My Jesus hung on the cross and he died. He cried, oh, 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 oh. I am the way. I am the the dead and he cried Jesus rose from the dead and he cried my Jesus rose from the dead and he cried he cried oh show them the way show them the way show them the way Amen. We are dismissed.